Welcome to the Film Sessions podcast. Today, we're excited to feature Kim Luong. Uh, Kim, tell us about yourself. Hi, so I am a Australian-Canadian um, filmmaker, I guess you could say. Um, I recently graduated. I have a Vietnamese background, so a lot of my work does incorporate some of those elements from my culture in it as well. Um, currently residing in Australia, uh, it is 12 a.m. over here for me. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm hoping to, uh, I think my passion, I guess, is in storytelling and directing. Um, and I really want to bring kind of these stories um, that have kind of these little elements of my culture uh, onto like a screen to share. How did you get started in filmmaking? Um, like I've always been really interested in film as a child, um, but I considered myself kind of like a late, like I started a little late. Um, I only really considered it as a career um, when I went into university for it. Uh, so I, before that I had considered going into like medicine and like science and stuff. Um, but I think because I was interested in that, it kind of translates over into my work as well. Um, so, like, I have a very curious mind and I, like, a lot of my films and stuff, I like to answer um, kind of interesting questions, whether about, like, humanity or, like, um, kind of like, even just learning interesting things about, like, biology and stuff. I think the translation of STEM skills to art skills is actually very interesting. And it, it sets you apart as a filmmaker. And so I'm curious, have you continued to pursue your journey in filmmaking outside of college? Um, so I recently just graduated. Um, so it's definitely something on my mind. Uh, just kind of taking it as a little break from my school years right now. And I'm just looking around for a job um, while I'm taking a little break at the same time. So definitely a very big interest. Um, hopefully we will get there one day. <laughs> totally. Can you tell us about the film that got into the festival this year? What is it about? Yeah, so the film is called Until We Meet Again. Um, Essentially, the main themes around the film were grief and acceptance. Um, it's inspired by like my own experiences with grief and loss. And essentially, the story follows um, two sisters. Um, it's mainly from the perspective of the younger sister. Her name is Mai. Um, and she goes on this journey to find her missing sister. Um, her older sister has gone missing and she goes on a long journey across the country in a sense uh, to try to find her sister again and like bring her home. Um, however, when she reaches the end of her journey and she finally meets her sister again, um, she kind of realizes that her sister needs to go. Um, so she can't bring her sister home and she has to learn to let her sister go. Um, a lot of like visually it's implied that the sister has passed away um, and she's kind of like on her way to like the spirit world in a sense yeah that's a heavy story <laughs> <laughs> I guess what do you hope the audience what's its message to the audience would you say um I would say 
it's that process. I really wanted to express that process of grief and I find the hardest, for me at least, um, the hardest process of grief is the acceptance. Um, and I wanted to kind of express this idea of sometimes it's while losing someone is difficult and it's hard to let go for both yourself and for them. Sometimes it's a very necessary step in life um, that you have to go through. Um, some of the themes do relate to kind of like Buddhist and like Eastern or like Confucianist ideology. Uh, so there's this idea uh, in Buddhism where someone passes away, you need to safely send them off. Um, so my character, the main character of the story, Mai, because she's unable to safely and wholeheartedly kind of send her sister away, uh, she ends up tying her sister down into the world where her sister cannot safely move on. And then only upon realizing that she's kind of hindering her own sister's journey does she realize that she, letting go is like a necessary part of life, essentially. That's a tough lesson for a lot of people to learn. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know you've mentioned this is a personal story, but I'm curious what your creative process was for coming up, writing it, and then like producing it as well. Um. I think a lot of my inspiration kind of comes from like obviously my personal experiences as well as a lot of like fantastical themes. Um, I was very greatly inspired by like Studio Ghibli uh, growing up um, and I found what was really I guess powerful or resonated with me a lot was the way they tackled some of the heavier themes through using like fantastical elements to kind of like soften those heavy subjects. Um, so that was kind of the approach I went for. Um, there are obviously a lot of renditions of this story. Um, so it was kind of like the main event that kind of inspired this was the loss of my mom. Um, so there were definitely like a lot of different ideas that went through my head of like trying to represent this story that I felt I needed to tell. Um, and eventually I kind of settled on this one. Um, it was just a lot of brainstorming and like a lot of changing. Um, I think it's kind of, I never, I think when it comes to like the idea itself, I'm not very like technical with it. I have a hard time kind of explaining my process, but when I thought of this setting and like the way I want to tell the story, it just felt like, okay, this, this is the one kind of thing um, that I wanted to tell. No, I Totally get that. And it is always hard to distill your creative process because creativity just, it's its own matter. Yeah. For people who want to see your film, where can they find it? Um, so it's available on YouTube. Um, it's also uh, linked on my website, which would be linked on like my social media and stuff as well. What are your social medias and websites so that people can find those? Oh, uh, so... Uh, it would be kim.luong, so K-I-M.L-U-O-N-G uh, C-A. So that would be my website. And then my Instagram uh, would be yellow underscore pomelo with a W at the end. <laughs> uh, I love pomelo, so that is an amazing user. <laughs> <laughs> Have you made other films in the past or was this your first one? Um, I did make 
Um, so before this, I did make another film that was also part of my like university degree. Um, the film was kind of the main source of it was it started as a uh, appropriation of um, a video game called Grizz, um, or Gris, which means grey in French, I believe. Um, and the title of the film was called Ego and the Eid, which is um, the psychological um, term, the Freudian kind of theory uh, behind like the subconscious and the conscious mind. Um, so that was a film I did in 2020, I believe. So three years ago. Um, yeah, the, the science interests <laughs> kind of <laughs> shows up in those senses. Do you feel like you have a style already or are you still finding, uh, figuring that out and testing new things or a mixture of both? Um, I don't think I have a style, but when I show my work to people, they tend to recognize, they're like, oh, I can see like a general vibe that you have. Um, I think like regardless of like the actual, like the type of line work I choose or like how I decide to render it, I think there's like a overall atmosphere of like a whimsical kind of melancholic um, kind of atmosphere to a lot of my work. So I guess not a like a visual style, but definitely a storytelling kind of style that I have. That's always interesting to think about. Sometimes you don't even recognize your own style until somebody else uh, points it out to you. And then yeah. I know you mentioned Studio Ghibli being like a key like point of inspiration for you. I'm curious if you have a favorite movie or a movie that inspires you most. Oh, Todd. I think it would be uh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I think that movie, watching it when I was younger, was so like visually so interesting and I thought um, the story was exciting. Um, I think that movie left a really big impact on me because when I watched it again as an adult, I realized like how mature the themes were um, and the way they were able to represent and incorporate like the Japanese Shintoism and like that culture in just like representing this battle between the environment and like um, humanity in a sense, um, which is a very relevant topic even today. But the way they were able to use like spirits and um, against humans and I guess personify those elements, um, I thought was very creative. And I guess I just loved the fact that while watching it as a child, you could still enjoy it. But when you watch it again as an adult, it's like a completely new experience. And it's just as like powerful, if not even more. Um, it's timeless. Yes, yes, that's the perfect word. <laughs> do you have any resources that you would recommend to student filmmakers? Like what do you use to animate or just what, what taught you? Or besides university, obviously, are there any resources on animation that taught you how to work in that? Um, I would say, honestly, I learned a lot from just working on my own. Um, if I'm being completely honest, my university degree um, was a bit, it was quite experimental. 
So I didn't have any ha real hands-on experiences or anything very useful that I got from university. I learned a lot of stuff just on my own, really. Um, I would like online is a very good uh, resource. Like I would literally just YouTube like how to animate certain things or how to use certain programs. Um, I use Toon Boom Harmony a lot, um, which is obviously not free. But um, I believe if you're a student, the license is significantly cheaper. Um, so that's what I've been using. Um, and I honestly just like made a mental kind of like note to myself to just really study. Like even when I went outside, like I would go outside and like do life studies. Or when I watched a movie I really liked and there was a specific scene, I would go back after I watched the movie and just like go frame by frame, like kind of analyze the shots and like redraw them um, to learn like how camera angles worked and stuff like that. Um, it was definitely like a lot of self-motivation, um, which I think is a good thing because it just kind of shows that you don't really, like it's not animations, like everyone can learn it if you just have the passion, the um, like the motivation to do it. I think motivation is key and it's a it's a it's important to have especially in the arts do you think and I think sort of on that is there any advice that you would give like one piece of advice for student filmmakers or animators looking to create I would say like don't forget like the reason you make things I noticed that like I'm sure everyone's hit that road, especially with animation, because you work for weeks, months, and you get like a really small little piece of finished work. And it's it's like a very time consuming, but very rewarding um, practice at the same time. Um, and I noticed for me, it's like when there's a story that I really, really enjoy, like I could work on it for a really long time and like still find that motivation, that drive, because it's the story and like it's that's the core of why I'm doing it. Whereas when I notice when it's something I'm not as passionate about, I'm not as interested in, like that interest can wane and then I'll just have like an unfinished rough animation on the side. Um, so I think really finding a story that you really want to tell um, really helps. I think that is, that's really good advice. And then remembering why you're doing something is always important. Thank you, Kim, for being on the Film Sessions podcast today. It was wonderful having you. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful chatting with you.